0: you are tuned into our worship service at Friendship Baptist Church in Montalvo, Texas. We believe God desires to meet you right now in the hearing of his word. We are a small town church, but we're seeing a big size God and we are excited for you to be a part of it today. this morning yes. praise the lord wiley amen brother amen it's been a good day already in the house of the lord got to be in sunday school this morning and and uh, got, we're going through experience of god in one of our sunday school classes and so i'm all on fire and we, we just got through experience of god not too long ago and just walking through one day of it got me all excited again what's god gonna do what's he doing and i'm just excited about seeing it and so hope you all are excited about the journey of of god that he's got us on he's taking us somewhere And he's taken us with purpose for his glory and his glory alone. And so it's exciting walking through that. I wanted to pray for us this morning and get us rolling. And then I'm going to hand it off to Lance and we got a baptism this morning. And so excited about celebrating baptism this morning with you. And so if y'all would just pray with me. Father, we love you and we just thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you are good in every way. And God, so in your goodness, Lord, you allow us to to enter into this rest, this peace, God, that, that we just trust you and and so, God, I just pray that you allow us to be in that place today, God, that we, we would trust you and remain in you and abide in you today, God. Lord, I pray that we would worship you today and through our songs and, God, through, through um, the reading of your word and the preaching, God, that, that God, it would all be glorifying to the name of Jesus because it's the name of Jesus that's lifted above every name. And so, Lord, bring us to a place of, of worship, a place of, of bowing down, a posture of surrender. Lord, Lord, what could you do if you took this room right here and each one of us were to get on our knees and say, I surrender whatever it is that you desire, Lord, whatever you desire in my life, whatever you desire in this church, whatever you desire, God, I am all in. And so God, if we were to do that, I'm just, I'm just, I can't even imagine the results of that and the response, God, and and, and what would happen? And so, Lord, bring us to that place. By your grace alone will we get there, Lord. So help us, God. We need you. Help us rest in you and have peace. And be on mission that we'd be the lights that we talked about last week. And Lord, we'd see you glorified and lifted up. We love you, God. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Baptist Church, we are so excited that you've decided to join us in our worship service this morning. Whether you're here in person or online, we are so grateful for your presence, that you would come together with your fellow congregation and grow closer in Christ. Let's get right into the announcements.
1: Join us on Sunday nights. On Sunday nights, we have two focuses, find His presence and stay there. Come join us in these special services as we seek the Lord together. Join us on Wednesday nights. Write down any questions that you may have as you read through our Bible reading plan. What a great blessing to grow in the Lord and with other believers. July 10th through the 14th, Youth Camp will be in Fort Worth. Please pray for our youth and our sponsors this week as they travel to Fuge Camp. July 15th, we will be having a ladies' luncheon at Friendship at 1130. Let's have a picnic in the AC. Bring a picnic themed dish such as fried chicken, potato salad, angeled eggs, baked beans, chips, dips, and whatever else you can think of. July 30th is our family Sunday and church will be followed by a talent show. We will have a meal and a talent show following the service. Please email or text Jacqueline if you would like to participate in the talent show. Grief Share is currently meeting on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. We have seen so much healing and growth through this ministry. We would love for you to join us in this season. Please feel free to invite others as well who you think would be blessed by this class. Summer midweek service updates for Disciples' Fire. May 31st through August 9th, we will pause our midweek meals for the summer. We will have a nursery for three-year-olds and younger. Four-year-olds through fifth grade will remain in the sanctuary with the adults and we'll have something at the kids' table. Youth will continue to meet through the summer. August 5th is the Equip Conference, training and serving the local church. Mark this down whether you're a pastor, a teacher, a volunteer, deacon, or looking for other places to serve. This will be a great conference from 8.45 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Houston. August 13th will be Move Up Sunday for our kids and Sunday school classes. August 13th is Family Celebration Sunday. We are looking forward to celebrating the milestone of our families from young to old. August 3rd is our Back to School Bash for Cayuga ISD, which is pre-K through 12, and it's from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Come help us serve our community at our back-to-school bash at Cayuga Cafeteria. We will be giving out school supplies with free hot dogs and snow cones. Contact
0: Amanda Bennett. Okay, Brother Jerry was talking about um, surrendering. And, you know, when you surrender, when you finally lay it down, Jesus finds you just where you are. It's just that simple. Through all your fears, through all your failures, he's going to find you, and he's going to fill you again. And that's what this song is about. It's actually a note song. We learned it. Gosh, Clayton was little. Church camp. It's called Mighty to Save. So would y'all stand and sing it with us? thank you Lord for conquering the grave God Lord uh, death is an enemy Lord the grave was defeated when you raised from the grave God God, thank you for that thank you for the hope that we have in that Lord Lord thank you that you're mighty to save and that we're here celebrating the salvation of God Lord we praise you today God, I pray that you draw us close to you, Lord. It says singing, singing to the risen King. God, may we all have a song of praise in our heart. A new song that you've placed there, like Psalms 40 tells us. Let us sing with joy, rejoicing who you are, understanding who you are better, God, and being drawn in and having this relationship with you, that we're loved by you. God, I'm just so grateful you're so gracious thanks for meeting with us today lord and we love you and we pray that we continue to worship today as we open up your word in the name of jesus we pray amen amen y'all may be seated praise the lord last week we recapped our vbs theme talking about shining the light of jesus shine jesus's lights with the kiddos wasn't it beautiful to see the kids up here last week and letting them share that message with us Oh my goodness, even if some of them were picking their nose and all that kind of stuff, it was beautiful letting them just share the light of Jesus. And that we are called to share the light of Jesus And I love that song we just sung and the, the, the picture of shining the light That Jesus shines his light down And so praise the Lord for that Today we're coming back into our journey of redemption That we are still going through Exodus Understanding that God is a redeemer God He's one who redeems And we got to celebrate Kylie Lou's redemption in Christ With her baptism today And so church we have come together to celebrate Not just hers but ours too I hope every time you see a baptism you're reminded of the goodness of God and the grace of God in your own life. I hope it stirs you that the Spirit says, look, look, I'm good. I've saved you. You're mine. You're reminded of the beauty of salvation, that we were hopeless without him and that he he saved us. Praise God for that. And we're in the story of redemption through the Exodus uh, book. And so if you turn your Bibles to Exodus 15 where we're going to be picking up. And as you're coming into this with us, we've already seen God promised that the people would be enslaved for 400 plus years, that they would be enslaved. And we saw that as you go through the book of Exodus, as it starts, they were enslaved. In fact, it was a brutal slavery. It was really bad. But then we see that God spares a man named Moses from the time of his birth. He spares him, and 40 years later, he calls him at the burning bush. And at the burning bush, he tells him that he's going to be a person, as he's 40 years old at that point, he's going to be a person that leads his people out of slavery. And the promise to be delivered was still there. And we watched as we continued to go through that God showed his power and authority through the signs, through the miraculous signs, the plagues, from frogs to flies to gnats to all the things we read about boils and hell and all the different things that you read in the ten plagues, ultimately ending up with what? The last plague, the tenth one, the Passover death, right? And so we have the Passover instituted in that moment, and then the next day they're given the deliverance, the redemption. They go out, and we just looked two weeks ago, or I guess it's been a little longer than that maybe, we looked at how they were backed up against the Red Sea, and God split the Red Sea for them. Right? That's where we're coming back into this story, y'all. They were backed up with an army of chariots running at them, and God just opened up the Red Sea to where they could walk on dry ground right across the Red Sea. And then not only did he open it up for them, but he closed the Red Sea on the Egyptians, and they all drowned. They were all gone. He completely defeated their enemy just like that. Isn't it good to know that we have a God that powerful, y'all? that's who he is and that's the story we're coming into and and so we pick up it's been building and building and building this entire time waiting for this exodus to happen and so now here we are they're freed they're delivered they've come across the red sea now what what do you do now god just did a miraculous work just blew their minds just showed up in such a way y'all ever had a spiritual high like that where you just undeniably you know that god was there that he did something And then that next moment can be very challenging. Because you just experienced the most intimate moment with God you've ever experienced. And then it's, now what? And you can be tempted to draw closer into God in that moment and continue to to strive for for that, that relationship with Him that He's granted and He's blessed us with His grace. Or you can kind of find yourself in a spiritual low. And I've been on both sides of that church. After spiritual highs, I've had some of the most spiritual lows I've ever had. Are you with me? And we're going to see this eventually happens as they're going through the wilderness and they're going to be cast into the wilderness for 40 years. And so we're going to see this low happen. But before I get there, I want you to see what God did and what they did in response to God. And so here we are, chapter 15. What do they decide to do? Look at it with me. If you're there, say amen. Amen. It says in verse 1, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang. They sang the song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. What do they do? They sing. Isn't that something? Right after God moves and perhaps shows His greatest hand ever in all of time, splitting the Red Sea and all the plagues coming on the backside of that, all that He's done, what do they decide to do in response? By God's providence, they sing to Him. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. And this song has one point, one main message. Verse 2 says, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. There we have it, church. He is my God, and what? I will praise him. That's the title of today's message, church. He is my God. Your translation may say, this is my God, and I will praise Him. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we ask for strength, Lord, for, for us to have the, 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 the air in our lungs to sing this song, and the, the, the motion of the Spirit in our hearts to sing this song, that you are my God, and I'll praise you. God bring us to that place today, God, that as we are gathered together that you would hear a loud chorus, perhaps louder than we've ever sung in our life, just simply saying, "God, you are God, my God, and I will praise you." Help us praise you today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I want to ask you a question before I get started. Who's your God? Who is your God? Who is it that you praise? Who is it that you lift up? Who is it that you adore? Who is it that you submit to and that you follow? Who is it that you fear and respect and love? Who is your God? Because this morning, I'm going to sing a song to you. Kidding me? I'm gonna sing a song from my heart, not from my lips. Okay? Man, spare some grace, y'all.
2: Spare some grace.
0: Sing a song with my heart this morning to you. And I hope you can sing along with me. I hope you can sing this song of praise. That he is my God, and I'll praise him. Sing a song to him today. It's got five verses, and there's the first verse. My God is glorious in power. That's it. My God is glorious in power. Y'all say glorious. 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 Look at it with me. Chapter 15, verse 1. We're still there. Say amen. amen. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots, Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, though, O Lord, Has become glorious in power. Man, y'all, what a beautiful song. And this song carries on, but this first verse, I want you to hear it loud and clear that he is glorious in power. Moses said, His God triumphed gloriously, and that his right hand has become glorious in power. And oh boy, did God do such a thing. Was God so ever glorious? I mean, seriously, y'all, I was just talking about the Red Sea splitting, but can you really put yourself there and imagine it for a moment? I don't know about y'all, but I am amazed by water. I just love water. I love water to see it and look at it. Like if you see rain, y'all ever seen rain from a distance? Surely you have, right? And it's not to you yet, but it's coming at you. And you can just see it falling. It just amazes me that I can see the rain coming. And I love watching it. I love to see waterfalls, the trickling of the water, the sound of water coming down, and, and, and I, I, one day hopefully I'll get to see one of God's greatest waterfalls, going to the Niagara Falls, I'd love to see just this beautiful falling water right around me, all the way around, i love to take one of them s- stones and, and throw them, the pebbles, on the lake water and just watching it skip, y'all have done that, right? If you've done it, show me a hand, I want to see, okay, good. Y'all, y'all are country folk. I knew y'all had done it. You didn't have anything else to do. You throw that, and you watch. Pew, pew, pew. But what's so cool is the ripples. And you get to watch these ripples come up. And, or sometimes I just throw them way up in the air, and it'd fall, and pew. y'all know what I'm talking about. Or the current, the white water rifting, and, 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 and all the things, the white caps of a, a lake. I mean, I just love water. So I cannot imagine. I can't even fathom it, y'all, that I'm standing there, and there's a sea, and then all of a sudden, what we're going to hear him say in a minute, by the blow of his nostrils, y'all see that spit come out? That's probably what it looked like if God blew his nostrils. <laughs> the nostrils blow, and all of a sudden, literally, the sea splits, and they walk on dry ground, and the water's up on the sides. And I know we've seen the movies, Ten Commandments, and all the different things, but I just I can't imagine walking through that and just seeing that. Of a wall of water that's what God did he was glorious in power and church I have watched God do something glorious in my life I've watched it time and time again God took a young boy who was surrounded by drugs all the way around him and he took that young boy and called him out of darkness and let me tell you something that was something glorious As I look back and I see what God did in my life, it was the glorious power of God. He literally took me and stripped me from the enemy's hand. I believe it with all my heart that Satan had his hand gripped all the way around me and God stripped me from it. You want to know the truth? If you're in Christ, he did the same for you. He's glorious in power. I was backed up in so many different ways that the sea was right there and I had nowhere to go. But God split my Red Sea. There's no way about it. He split it. He split my circumstances and all the things in my life to call me unto him. And I believe that it's a miracle exodus story for every one of us when we come to Christ and we follow Christ. That it's an exodus story. It's a story of him delivering and redeeming, glorious in power. We, as a church, have watched God do something glorious in our little church. Haven't we, church? Let me remind you, we are in Blackfoot, Texas, with a strong last recorded population of 33 people. That's because it hadn't been recorded in so many years, probably. And we're in the great growing metropolis area of Montalva. We're a suburb of Montalva, with its population of 809 people. Salute. <laughs> I just think about it, y'all. I honestly do. 30 minutes, I always tell people, we're 30 minutes from Walmart in any direction we go. We're seven miles off of the two-lane country highway. (laughs) It's crazy. And in our small-town church, a big God has shown himself very evidently. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. And to remind you as well, this small-town church has been a city on the hill for 163 years. Isn't that something? To remind you as well, I was looking. And in the last 10 months, and again, all glory to God. This church deserves no glory. God deserves the glory because it's His work through it. But I want you to hear something. In the last 10 months, by God's grace, we have been able to give $62,000 in mission work. To missionaries, church plants, to um, collegiate ministries, scholarships for pastors, disaster relief. $62,000. That's just what we've given. Not our local ministries. That's something only God can do. And so I just want to remind you that we have a God who is glorious in power. It's the first verse. The second verse I want you to hear this morning is, My God is the conqueror of my enemy. Look at it with me. Verse 6. If you're there, say amen. Chapter 15, verse 6, Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemies in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath, and it consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. And the depths congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them, and I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. But then, God, you blew your wind, and the sea covered them, and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Wow. See, Moses was overwhelmed by what God had just done to their enemy. He was overwhelmed. I mean, to to where he's describing it in great detail. This is what they were doing. This was their desire. And all of a sudden, God, you just swamped them with water. Just like that. You just overtook them. He knew that the enemy desired to pursue them and overtake them, to divide the spoil, desired to kill and destroy them. Yet God intervened. And so hear me out, church. I want you to know something today. Me and you today have an enemy amen I want you all to know that we have an enemy and I want you to know that not only do we have an enemy we know his desire we know that he desires to kill, steal, and destroy as the word says as Jesus himself says the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy Peter says be sober, vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion and seeking whom he may devour So, church, again, we have an enemy, and we know his desire is to take us down. But God conquered the enemy at the Red Sea, and God conquered our enemy at the cross. He conquered our enemy. Jesus continues saying, Yes, Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but he goes on to say, I have come that you may have life, that you may have it abundantly. Isn't it a sweet thing? He says, "Here's the devil's plans for you to kill, steal, and destroy you, but here's my plans to give you life and to give it to you abundantly, Amen. glorious in power." Yes, he's glorious in power, but not only that, he is a conqueror of our enemy. And I wanted to read. I just kept thinking about Romans 8, and I wanted to read it to you because not only did he conquer our enemy, but he makes us conquerors as well. And we see this in Romans 8:31. I have it on the screens. It says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him who also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long and accounted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all things, hear it out, verse 37, yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, or powers, nor anything present or things to come, nor height, nor death, or any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sometimes I think we get too focused on the enemy. We know the enemy's desires to kill, steal, and destroy. It tells us very clearly in Scripture But instead of focusing on his scheme and his plan and his drawing and his play and all the things that we do and we tend to do at times, take your attention and focus it to the one who says, I want to give you life and abundant life. Look at me. Seek me. I've taken care of the old devil. Look at the cross. It's finished. He said it himself. It is finished. Look at me. He's a conqueror of the enemy and has made us more than conquerors in him. The third verse this morning of the song is, My God is my loving, merciful leader. Loving, merciful leader. Look at it. Verse 11. Chapter 15 of Exodus, verse 11. You there, say amen. 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 Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. And you, in your mercy, have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. Did you hear it? You in your what? Mercy. Mercy. That word in Hebrew is hesed. It's hesed love. This, this word, your translations may say faithful love or loyalty or devotion or God's faithfulness to you, this mercy. It's this concept of his love, his mercy, his grace, his loyalty, his faithfulness, and it's all combined in this one Hebrew word. It's God's emotions towards you in a sense, how much he loves you and adores you and how much he desires to bring you into relationship with you. This beautiful picture of this hesed love. He says, I, he says, you in your mercy in this hesed love. God, you've led us forth, and you've redeemed us. Moses says, you, God, in all your love, grace, mercy, faithfulness, have led us. Church, God is still loving and merciful. We realize that, don't we? He's still loving and merciful, and I think this life can be so filled with hate, so filled with bitterness, disloyalty, ruthlessness. I mean, just look out the window, right? Right? And you can see the the brokenness of our world. And God says, I have a chesed love for you. One that you don't have to doubt. One that you don't ever have to wonder. I was talking to, I think it was another pastor. I don't even remember who it was at this point. But he he was just telling me, he says, you know, it's when the closest of your friends turn on you and the hurt that happens in that betrayal. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? And that hurts so deep. But we have a God who says... I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You never have to doubt. You never have to hold at arm's length. Because when you get hurt, that's what you want to do with your relationships. You don't know if you can trust anyone. And God says, Trust me. Trust me. Charles Spurgeon said this God's mercy is so great that you may sooner drain the sea of its water, or deprive the sun of its light, or make space too narrow than to diminish the great mercy of God. Isn't that something? His mercy, never ending. And His grace and mercy is available to us through Christ. We hear that in Hebrews, that we can go to the throne room of grace with confidence and boldness and find mercy and help in our time of need. Mercy and grace meets us in that place. Because He's our merciful, loving leader. The fourth verse for us this morning. My God is the one who guides me. Y'all say guide. Guides, guides me. Look at it. Chapter 15, verse 13. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed and the mighty men of Moab. Trembling will take hold of them and all the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. But listen to what it said in 13. You have guided them though in your strength, in your holy habitation. Habitation. First off, we see that God is a God who guides. He's not just watching. Experiencing God this morning said God isn't a God who created you and gave you a God given mind to make the best of life. It's not how God works. God guides us. He's very intentional. He's very intimate with us and directs us and and walks life with us. He's a guide for us. And the Holy Spirit becomes that guide. And in Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. He's active and present. One of the greatest promises of God is that he will guide us. He'll instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Psalms 32.8. I'll instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. He'll guide you with his eye. Am I the only one that needs instruction from the Lord? I don't think so. Isn't that a beautiful promise when he says, I'll instruct you. I guarantee as I look out at all these faces this morning, that every one of you are in some predicament in life where you're wondering, God, what should I do next? What should I do? Every day is a day of God. What is next? And I want you to hear that he is your guide. and He's faithful at it. He doesn't leave you alone to figure it out. He doesn't say, here's the rules, good luck on keeping them and following them. He guides us. Guys, I'm from Indiana and we have caves up there. I hadn't seen very many caves in Texas. Y'all have caves around here? I don't don't ever hear about them and ever see them. Indiana, I'd lived right beside the Maringo Cave. Now, that's a big deal. They got like a a billboard 300 miles away. You get to Maringo Cave because it's the only thing we offer, right? (laughs) And so when I was a child, I was about, I was probably eighth grade. And uh, I was uh, given an opportunity to go spelunking. Anybody ever been spelunking? No. So, spelunking you have, Miss Judy? Isn't it something? You get to go in these caves and you wear a headlamp. And you, you get to go in these tight spaces. So, if you're claustrophobic, don't sign up for spelunking, okay? Because the, I was skinny back then. Believe it or not, there was a time. And in that time, I was touching front and back as I was going through some of these places. And... I'm going through and there's some slides and different things on the wet rocks that you could do and you're walking through. But I remember one moment I looked up and there's like six different entrances to this pool of water that I'm standing in. I'm like, huh, how am I supposed to get out of here? (laughs) It's dark. What if my light goes out? It's just like all of a sudden my little eighth grade mind just started to, to implode of all the possibilities that could happen. And then I realized, wait a second, we have a guide, someone who knows the cave, someone who's been through the cave, someone who understands the cave, knows the way. And in fact, he almost kind of became the way. I just stayed with him. Wherever he went, I went kind of thing. And eventually we saw daylight and I was relieved. I hadn't been splunking since. (laughs) But I'm so thankful for that guide. And God, in our walk with Christ, is our guide. And in fact, not just our walk with Christ. Our walk with Christ is everything. It involves every aspect of our life. God is your guide. You know why? Because he's familiar with this world. He created the world. Created it with the fingers of his hands and the breath of his nostrils. He created us. Colossians says, "For all, By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Not only did he create the perfect world, but you know what else? He's familiar with the one we broke. Because he had a perfect world he created, but we broke it through rebellion and through sin. Curse came on the world. It all has been broken. Even creation itself yearns and groans for the redemption of God. It's broke, but he is familiar with it because it also tells us in the Bible that he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It also tells us in Hebrews, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with us, with our weakness, because in all points he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let me remind you, we have a guide Who is familiar with our world, was tempted in all points, yet without sin. He knows the way. In fact, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you let God be your guide? Would you sing that song, that that verse of the song that you are my guide? And where does he guide us to? His holy habitation. And it's building up to them being led to the land of Canaan, the promised land, and also a tabernacle that's going to come and Solomon's temple that's going to come and the temple of the Holy Spirit that we are today as we sit in here as the church. All of it's going to build up and God's doing a, a miraculous thing through this. But in the sense of Moses, he's simply saying, God, you're guiding me to a holy place where you dwell. And today, the beautiful thing is that holy habitation is in us. That the Spirit indwells inside of us and then makes us holy. And so then we become a holy habitation. If we're in Christ, He's supernaturally changing us, transforming us, sanctifying us. All this beautiful language we use to say, He's making me from broke to restored. Isn't that good, guys? We have hope of a God who restores. He says, abide in me and I in you. He'll guide us to this holy habitation. In the last verse here, my God is the one who has purchased me. Verse 16, if you're there, say amen. amen. I'll let you get there. Verse 16, fear and dread will fall on them by the greatness of your arm. They will be as still as a stone until your people pass over, or till the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in a mountain of your inheritance in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. So one last reminder here. He's my God for a reason, because he purchased me. if he's your God, he's your God for a reason, because he purchased me. He purchased you. There's something, when you think about purchase, there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, there's a price. And two, there's an object that changes possession and ownership. And when God purchased us, there was a price. The cost was high and paid with a priceless currency. The crimson blood of Jesus Christ that fell on an old rugged cross. On a hill far away, the emblem of shame. The transaction was made there on that hill that day. The cost was his blood and the purchase was approved. As the darkness fell, an earthquake happened and tore the veil of separation from top to bottom. And he said, come to me. I love every time Michael prays, he says, God, thank you for tearing that veil. Because Michael knows that if that veil was there, there's no way he'd have access to God. But through Jesus Christ... Hebrews talks about him destroying the veil and it being torn that we can have full access to God because he purchased us. We went from the possession of Satan, the prince of the power of this air, to the possession of the all-powerful prince of peace. We went from abandoned to cherished, a vessel that God would bring to complete restoration. We are cherished in the Lord. He's my God because he purchased me when he came to seek and save the lost. He's my God when He purchased me. When He was on the cross, He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. He purchased me when His blood from the spikes in His hands and the crown of thorns on His head came gushing down 2,000 years ago on a cross. When He made the statement, it is finished. I've made a way. I am the way. All those years ago. So what do we do in response? It comes back to this question I asked you at the beginning. Who is your god? Who is your god? Who is it that you praise? Who is it that you lift up? Who is it that you adore? Who is it that you submit to? Who is it that you follow? Who is it that you fear and respect? Who is it that you love? Who is your God? I want you to honestly, honestly consider the question I'm asking you. Who is your God? Who are you truly worshiping? Moses gave us his song. And I've spent this morning telling you about my God and singing my song to you. In fact, it says right after this, it says, for the horses, in verse 19, the horses of Pharaoh went with the chariots and the horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on in dry land in the midst of the sea. And then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the tremble in her hand. And all the women went out after her and the, with the trembles. And you know they weren't Baptists because it says they danced here. <laughs> and Miriam answered them and said, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider. He is thrown. He is thrown. I thought I had a tambourine up here, but y'all know what that is, right? That's what they had, these things with metal little discs, and they would be shaking and making music, and they were singing. He's triumphed. He's glorious. He's defeated them. And they sung a song like this. He is glorious in power. He's the conqueror of my enemy. He's my loving, merciful leader. He's the one who guides me. And he's the one who has purchased me. Is that the song you sing this morning, church? Do you sing that? Would you respond to God's word today? The greatest message, God's gospel. The greatest message ever given. A message of a victorious king that has brought you into his kingdom. A message that delivers from from death to life. That allows us to remain in the blessings of our God. Will we sing to him? How do you know if he's your God? When I ask you that, who's your God? And how do you know if he's your God? I want you to do something with me. I want you to take your eyes and put it on that cross right up there. And if you look at that cross long enough and you understand what Christ did on that cross, you're going to find out very quickly who God is and what he did for you. And now your response is, God, you're the glorious one. God, you're the one that defeated the enemy. You're the one that took sin and defeated it. You're the one that gave me your righteousness on that cross. You're the one that let your blood fall so that it would cleanse me. And you've called me to die to self and to live in you, to be raised with you, just like we talked about with baptism this morning. So today I'm asking you, would you die to self and say, God, you are my God and I will praise you. Turn from yourself. It's not something you can do on your own. It's something that spirit of God does in and through you he changes you and and there's a glorious song that we sing together as he does it but if you're in here and you look at that cross and you're still thinking I don't know if he can forgive my sins I don't know if he can do this with me I don't know I'm so bad I don't know I I I I I I you've missed the point because when you look at the cross you shouldn't think I you should think him look what he has done Father, we come before you right now, Lord Jesus. And I pray that as we sing, Lord, we would sing this song. God, that it would truly be a song from our heart of who you are, that you are my God and I will praise you. And Father, I pray for anyone in here who's questioning whether you're truly their God or not, God. If they're in Christ, if salvation has occurred in their life, if they're on the fence and trying to figure this out, God, Lord, I just pray for clarity and discernment from the Spirit of God, Lord. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing in in and of itself. It's something that we discern spiritually. So God, let the Spirit move and simply show us I'm yours or I'm not yours. Because God, you've given this gift of salvation. And you say, call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved. God, you draw us toward you. And God, if you're drawing someone today unto salvation, may they celebrate and rejoice and say, I'm your God and you're mine. I'll praise you. I'm done with me. I'm done with myself. I'm turning from me. I'm repenting. I'm going to believe you, Lord. Lord, as I think about this movement and I think about what happened afterwards, they danced and they sung and they had music and all the things. Lord, maybe it be that that you desire some of us to just change our posture today. Lord, maybe it's coming to the altar and praying. Maybe it's getting on our knees right where we are. Maybe it's just simply sitting. Maybe it's standing with arms lifted high. I don't know what that posture looks like. But God, would you bring us to a place where when we sing, it's true and it's worship and not just words. God, move our hearts to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Y'all stand and sing with me or pray and sit however the Lord moves you. But would you have a posture of prayer and respond to the Lord today? Thanks for listening today, and we trust that you were blessed by an almighty God that loves you. Friendship loves you as well, and if you would like to talk to someone, please call the church at 903-549-2542. Again, that is 903-549-2542. God bless you.